been sent out. A new prince had been born and people were coming from miles around just to see the little baby born. Now among those was the wisest man in the entire kingdom. And as he slowly made his way on the palace, he entered into the palace and went into the royal nursery to find the king and the queen holding the little baby and admiring him as he slept. Now this wise man, he took the baby in his arms and he whispered a blessing over him and anointed him. And then going out onto the balcony, he looked out over the throngs of people there and he held the baby up for all to see. And the crowd erupted with cheers as their future king was presented to them. Now, this probably sounds like an amazing story, and it is. But it's not the Christmas story. As much as we would love for it to be the Christmas story, what I just told you was the beginning of The Lion King. You know, it's funny that, you know, we would think that the king of this world, the prince of peace, the savior, would be born into a scenario such as that, a royal palace with royal lineage and a royal presentation for him to his kingdom. But instead, what we got in real life was a little baby born in a barn to humble parents, pretty much under the radar. And I think that that's where the beauty in the Christmas story lies, is in the simplicity of it and how simple it went down. You know, it's, I can't decide, though, if I'm a fan of how the Christmas story went at times. You know, I sit there and I think, you know, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the King of the world. He's going to come back one day and he's going to reign forever. And you would think that God would have said, well, my son, a king, well, he deserves a royal birth. But then the more that I think about it, the more that I realize that, well, this way was just perfect for him. And the capstone of the entire Christmas story is the announcement that was given that night. Now, before I get into our scripture reading, I have to say that, no, we are not in my usual spot in my office. I'm actually sitting in the fire department here as I'm covering some time. And I figured this is probably the perfect time to do this message. Why? Well, because there's a giant screen behind me and I can throw up some Christmas decorations. Now, just so you know, it's a YouTube video, so there's a very good chance that an ad may pop up, but be that as it may. Our scripture reading today is going to come to us from Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. 
But Mary treasured up all these things and, and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You know, the Christmas story, like we said, is a very simple one. It's a man who lived a humble life as a carpenter and a woman of only 13, 14 years old who was a virgin and engaged to the carpenter. They came from two small towns in the region, nothing that would be anything to write home about. And God picked them to be the parents of the most wonderful and the beautiful thing to ever happen to the world. Now, some of the backstory, as you know, is that God had gone silent for 400 years. There hadn't been a prophet anywhere to be seen. And this was God's breaking the silence with the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. It's kind of funny that the Christmas story, this ending that we just read, would inevitably become a precursor for Jesus's entire ministry because, well, shepherds weren't the elite of the community at that time. In fact, they were probably about as low as you could go. In fact, if you were to be a shepherd, you were pretty much a social outcast. And so these shepherds were sitting on a hill doing what they were doing doing what they were doing, knowing that they were outcasts, that, you know, the society as a whole didn't like them to the point where their witness in court didn't even count. You would have to have somebody else to be there to back up the shepherds as a witness, knowing that they've pretty much hit rock bottom and they're at a dead end. And then suddenly light bursts forth from the night sky and angels are surrounding them. And they're the ones that are being told that Jesus Christ has been born. It's funny that God would choose the lowliest of the low to be the messengers to the entire town of Bethlehem. That his son, the future Messiah, had been born. Think about Jesus' ministry, his entire ministry. He pretty much dealt only with the people that were considered outcasts or the people that nobody would have given a second glance to, the fishermen, the tax collectors, prostitutes, um, anybody that sinned. He always hung around with people that needed healing, you know, physical ailments, spiritual possessions, the thing, the people that society had pretty much shoved to the side. Jesus pulled into him. So it's no surprise that God chose shepherds knowing that at one one day that little baby in that manger would be focusing on people just like the shepherds and in ways i think we are all like the shepherds there's always there we all have that something about us that that if the world were to find out it would make us feel less than you know, we live in a, in a society now with, with Instagram and everybody can take pictures and try to show everybody how awesome their life is. But in all actuality, in one way or another, well, we're all hurting. We all have this pain and this ache somewhere inside of us that if we knew that if it were to get out, it would be devastating for us. Maybe we feel like we ourselves are social outcasts. Maybe we feel like, you know, the world doesn't want anything to do with us. And even those people that are like, you know, you know what? I'm just fine. Well, guess what? You're not. You're overcompensating. 
And I can say that with absolute positivity because I know that that is a symptom of this fallen world that we live in. But I want you to know something. Jesus would have pulled you into him. He would have surrounded himself with you if you were alive during his ministry. And you know what? I should probably stop talking in past tense because Jesus Christ is alive today and he wants you to be there with him. See, that's the whole beauty of this Christmas story is the fact that it was so simple. It was just like any everyday story we could have come across even today. I mean, think about this. You know, the the carpenter falls in love with a woman and they're engaged to be married. And then a baby comes along and it changes everything. Or the lowlifes, the, the shepherds of our day and age that hear about the glory of Jesus Christ and they come to him. It happens every day. And as hurting as we are and as much as we are looking and desperately seeking acceptance. There's one person in in this world that will take you just as you are. And his name is Jesus Christ. Yes, we live in a fallen world. And God desperately wants us to be with him. And the only way that he knew how to do it was to send his son or himself in human form to live the life that we live, to walk the earth that we walk, to eat the meals that we eat, to sleep like we slept. Jesus Christ came as a baby and he lived into adulthood so that he could understand the human experience. And then, then, he willingly went to the cross and he died for you. So that you don't have to feel like you are the lowest of the low. You don't have to hide the fact that you're hurting. You don't have to hide the fact that you're scared. You don't have to hide the fact that you are desperately trying to make yourself seem like you are bigger than what you really are. Jesus Christ came as a baby. He lived as an adult. And he died as a savior. And while we are joyous and happy as as we go into this holiday even though this holiday is different we still have joy at what the true celebration of christmas is what we have to remember in the back of our minds is that jesus christ was born for one purpose and one purpose only and that was to die for each and every one of us And so I ask, I ask you right now, do you know the baby that was born that Christmas day? Do you know the savior that he grew up to become? And do you know the risen king that Jesus Christ is today? If not, I want you to know that you can turn it all over to him. See, that's what we've been building up to through this whole Advent season as we looked at Mary, as we looked at at Elizabeth, as we looked at Joseph. And now as we look at our own lives on this Christmas day, 
We've been building up to the fact that Jesus Christ came to earth and he lived a simple life so that he could learn the things that he needed to learn and to become the man that he needed to become so that he could die on a cross to save us. And honestly, as much of a gift as Jesus Christ was as a baby, he was an even bigger gift when he died on the cross. Because that baby coming on Christmas morning couldn't have saved you from the death that you are destined for. But the man that he grew up to be, that man died on the cross for you. And truly, honestly and truly, I tell you that that is what the true celebration of Christmas is. Is that a baby born in Bethlehem rose to be a savior for the world. And so I ask you right now, if you haven't already accepted Jesus Christ into your life, and you feel like, you know what, it's time. I have to stop fighting and I, I have to give Jesus my life. I can't do it anymore without him. I have to have him. Here's your chance. I'm going to ask you to just bow your head and to pray with me. Father God, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of trying to do this alone. On this Christmas day, as we remember your son, who was born a baby in Bethlehem and rose to become a savior. I accept him as my savior. I acknowledge that he died on the cross for me. And I ask him, Jesus, come into my life. Amen. Everybody, I am so grateful if you prayed that prayer with me. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to talk to a friend that's a Christian. Let them know that you did it. Send me a message. You can send me an email. You can send me a message on Facebook. Send me a message on Instagram. Or send me, contact me however you can. Let us know that you made that step, that you took that step to become a fellow believer in Christ. And for everybody else, Merry Christmas. God bless. Now, we aren't going to have anything, another message on Sunday morning. Going to take the holiday and enjoy it with my family. But we will see you right here Monday morning. God bless. Merry Christmas. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Mission 4110 podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's morning moment. You can connect with us further on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Mission 4110. Also, subscribe to our podcast so that you can listen to our newest messages when they release. For Mission 4110, I'm Jacob Mahaffey. Take care and God bless.